Hello, everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying, skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening. Following is an Auburn Network production. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is the Monday edition of The Drive, and man, we have a full house. Not used to seeing... Uh, this many folks in here for the drive, that's more an on-the-line kind of thing. Uh, you know, where there's like a half dozen people or something in the room. Uh, Bill and Drew, now we've been here every day for the last week or so, but we've got a guy who is, uh, well, we have two guys that'll be in for one day this week. Now, Brian Matthews, normally with us just on Mondays, but this week because he's back from his travels out west, about to head up to the north and Midwest, and that that I think that's Dan Peck. I, I missed you guys. I listened to the show often uh, last week. Uh, did not it, my schedule prevented me from being able to, to call in? But uh, no, it was a bit what busy. Do you mean your schedule. Prevented well, there were things. I, often in. there were often there were things happening from four to six practice. You know, I have to be out there. You know, helping the girls work on their post defense, and you know, giving them tricks for you know how to how to shoot the you know the the outside three and stuff. You know, so you know, and, and, as opposed to the inside. That's three. correct, as opposed to the inside three. The redundant <laughs> the redundancy department, right, is where we're. Oh. It's great to be back. Um, I don't know if we're a full house. Right, you need five. Right? No, you're right. You're right. You know, did, you know, I think I've told the story in there before. I didn't realize that the show was called Full House because he had three daughters and two brothers. Oh, I didn't. I never thought about it. Right. I, like, I, I mean, it. I guess that's like right. That would make sense. That would be like the you know two of one thing and three of the other. Yeah, that's a full that's, house. that's yeah. a Garth song, right? Two of a kind working on a Full House. Yeah. So, yeah. I, is it? Yeah. I'll, I'll write that yeah. one. I'll write that one down. It's great to be back, though, guys, and, and good to see. Good to see Brian. Bill, it wasn't the same in the office today without you. It's it's still. I, I I told Tracy and Brian. I said I I get to know uh, what it's like to be Dan well, now. You know what though? I don't, I don't have to wake up early in the morning. It had to it had to drive Ken crazy because I imagine he thought he had nobody to talk to. Well, no, no, he thought that when you retired, he would stop having to listen to sports conversations <laughs> oh, in that room. No, and now Scott Bagwell's there and Scott. Well, that's all right. Ken's only Ken's only around for three more weeks before he retires. That's yeah. He's 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 got a yeah. His, his the parachute is uh, the parachute is out for for Ken as well, but. No, it's not just not the same, but it's good to see you here in the uh, in the studio. Yeah, uh, so I mean, I uh, it, the it just feels sort of like a long weekend right now. We'll 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 see how things go a little later on. Hope everybody had a nice and, weekend. And again, thanks to Don Dunn for, for oh, helping absolutely, out as much, and as much as and the, uh, I'm going to try to drag him back in for the rest of the week while you're gone. Let's we, see, you're are gone. Are we sure he's not? Are we sure he's not in contention? Because because there's a job opening. Now, I, wonder we, I asked him that. I asked him that the other day, and he said, if I don't have to recruit, and it's like, well, <laughs> there you go. You're out of the picture then. You're out of the picture. Yeah, we will talk about Auburn's opening on the uh, coaching staff, which we uh, found out about Friday, as a matter of fact. Uh, Jeremy Garrett, who worked this weekend for Auburn, when Auburn had, a, uh, Auburn, Auburn had before the dead period, uh, quite a few prospects in. Uh, Jeremy Garrett helping out before he leaves 
for his job with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, it was good of him to do yeah. that. And um, Auburn does have a very impressive uh, group of 2025 defensive linemen already committed. I think there's four of them. Um, so it's important that you know he mm-hmm. communicates with them and lets them know what's going on. And you Freeze does too. But um, it was a big um, final weekend for recruiting. I think a couple of guys to really um, watch closely from this weekend is Alvin Henderson is one. Uh, the really elite running back from Absolutely. Alabama. Uh, I think he's getting close. I think Auburn's a team to beat there. And the, I think it's Tavares Dice, the uh, offensive mm-hmm. tackle from um, from over in Georgia. I'm not sure. Yeah, he, he's another from. Uh, oh golly, it's uh, the the uh, Langston Hughes, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yep, that's right. I mean, which is which has just been loaded with prospects the last couple it of years. Has. And I, I think Auburn is also uh, the team to beat for him. And would not be surprised to see if a decision comes fairly soon. Yeah, so we'll talk more about that. We've got quite a few things to get to here today. Hope everybody had a good weekend. It was uh, it was gorgeous Friday and Saturday. Not so nice yesterday and the start of the day, but uh, but it's a little bit cooler. We've got a huge basketball game coming up Wednesday Ooh. night as uh, Auburn hosting Alabama. The Tigers up to number twelve in the AP poll, eleven in the coaches poll. Alabama is sixteen in both. How? And did I did not Go know ahead. this. I was going to say I didn't realize this till uh, Doug Amos uh, told me today. This will be the first time ever that Auburn has hosted Alabama with both teams in the top twenty. First time ever at Auburn. I was that these teams have both been ranked. I mean, this just the SEC. I mean, it was just a couple of weeks ago that Auburn and Ole Miss played for the first time ever as two ranked teams. Right. So, I mean, for this to keep happening. But, I mean, you think about it. He said, I think it's happened four times, but they've been either in Tuscaloosa or one time in Montgomery in right. the 50s. The winter, but the other times, Tuscaloosa uh, with Wimp and Sonny, and yeah. then a couple of years ago in Tuscaloosa. The winner will have at least a share of first place. Yes. Right? And, and that, and if, that, Alabama, if Alabama were to do what they've done two of the last three years and sweep how, Auburn, then they basically got a three-game lead. Overall, how commonplace commonplace are basketball iron bowls with first place on the line? Oh, well, obviously, I would think not 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 very common. I mean, when you when you think, like I said, if if they've never played with both teams ranked at Auburn. Yeah, it hasn't been many times. I wonder how much history we're talking about here with with a game with that much at stake on top of the fact that it's Auburn Mm -hmm. and Alabama. Oh, yeah, so we will we'll talk about that one as well. Love for you to join in. Again, it's Bill, Dan, Brian, and Drew is at the controls. And uh, you can give us a call on the Drive Hotline, sponsored by Skybar, 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, on the Drive text box, presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast, available however you listen to podcasts. So uh, we'd love for you to join in. Um, well, you mentioned the defensive line spot. We, we talked about Jeremy Garrett helping out Brian. I mean, a couple of names that were, um, that were tossed out immediately. We mentioned Friday, Rodney Garner, Kyle Pope appear to be the two names that I guess that, that have the most buzz right now. Yeah. Those are the only names I've heard and would not be surprised if, if Garner does make a return to Auburn. Uh, you know, we'll see, um, Wednesday is signing day, and I know Auburn's not necessarily going to be involved. Yeah, I don't know how anybody. many. I don't know how many players Tennessee would be signing, but the protocol is usually 
Uh, if you're going to make a coaching change, you wait until after anybody who right. could sign signs. Especially going from college to college. Right. Right. Not, not the same yes. as going to the NFL. Whatever, oh, no, no. Yes, yes. That, that is usually how it goes, so we'll see. Uh, if we have something maybe later this week or, or maybe something will happen before then. We'll see. I, I speculated about Rodney Garner on the Observer podcast. Mm-hmm. And I, I wonder how popular would that – I mean, it, it feels like that would be seen as – Well, I think Auburn fans – That's uh, what I mean. Like, I, I, I don't know many Auburn fans that have a problem with G. Yeah, it just seems to me like it, it would be a if, – if you can pull that off, if you're Hugh Freeze and you can pull off Rodney Garner, unless – I mean, there, there's a million things going on as far as what goes into a coaching search and, and what Hugh Freeze – might be looking for, but well, recruiting's got to be right there at the top. And Rodney Garner has been, and all you know, for years, for decades, has been an outstanding recruiter. The only you don't thing don't want to be overly reliant on nostalgia. No, and, no, no. And looking at the no, past, but I mean, look like Tennessee's got a pretty good defensive line right now, and, and Derek uh, Brown wasn't that all, all that long ago. No, right? no, <laughs> you're right, you're right. Um, the only thing I wondered about was Jeremy Garrett, a young, uh, a younger defensive yeah, line fair. coach. Just wondered if 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 uh, I mean, that's where Kyle Pope is sort of more that that right. guy. Did I say off the air my my idea? Remember, remember, the, remember the name I threw out there when we were talking about like, oh, well, if 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 it can't be Durkin or Kiffin, and Auburn decides to go with with uh, Kelly as the DC, they need to add someone to the staff. Remember the former Auburn player I tossed out there that you said, hey, you know, he's he's never been a college coach, high school coach in the state right now. Former Auburn Edge. Oh yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, Williamson. It's uh, Antonio Coleman. I see. Yeah. Right. Like I was like, man, if, if he wants to make a jump, I've always like again, you'd be gambling because he's he's someone with no track record as a recruiter. But if you're if you're base, you would always say about oh, and, and there's Joe Witt Jr. news as well. He he's the new defense coordinator. That's right. Yeah. In well, Washington. Yeah. That that it's funny. It it took like five days for that to happen. I mean, it was being reported since last like Wednesday or Thursday that he was going to be to DC. But again, there's the commanders. There, you know, there's there's guys that you have a gut feeling about would be great recruiters based on what you know about them. Rodney Garner, it's not a gut feeling, right? There's there's a track record of Oh, no question. Of, of he's he been at do. Auburn. You know, he, well obviously was was a great player at Auburn. And has been an assistant at Auburn twice. He's in his second stint in Tennessee, and he had a 15-year stretch at Georgia. Yeah, yeah. We're, I mean, they're pretty good. I mean, the resume passed the eye test. Oh yes, and, no question. And what he's done at previously at Auburn, you know, and, and and uh, and he was a teammate of Charles Kelly's at Auburn to, to strengthen his case. So I mean, there's and there's also the question. I don't know if it would impact uh, Tennessee coaches at the moment, but there's also the NCAA happenings at Tennessee in the mm-hmm. last week or two, which might make people think uh, Tennessee's not quite as secure as a top program as they as they seemed, you know, even in the last couple of weeks. I mean, it's not, again, it's a lot of uh, hearsay as far as you're talking the the NCAA stuff with, with Tennessee, but it's a, uh, it, it's, it's something else to think about when you're talking about a Tennessee coach possibly leaving. And, uh, and, and I do believe Rodney still has property and family here in Auburn. So and your sources are usually pretty good on that. So <laughs> yeah, I, I think. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're not saying that that he is the guy, but I mean, there's no question uh, that that his name and there's a, there are reasons why he's one of the first names that is uh, being talked about for that spot right there. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Anything you want to talk about sports wise here on the Monday edition of the Drive, Drew? Before you write, yeah, just go ahead and. John, yeah, I beat. Uh, for folks that are, folks don't know what we're talking about, Drew, 
always has, he's got a whiteboard and he's writing down the names of our callers. I just uh, was going to save him having to write that and uh, scribble it out a little bit. Hey, John, how you doing today? Well, very well. Heading to the house. Uh, talking about Rodney Garner. Rodney Garner is a proven recruiter and a uh, really uh, productive offensive line coach. Defensive. My question is, was he part of the coup with Kevin Steele that tried to Al Smells on? I remember he was reportedly, Rodney was the intermediary between uh, Gus and uh, Kevin when they were relaying information back and forth. I mean, I don't know if a coup is fair to call that. I know that's what it's been called and made out to be online. Um, but I, I do think that, you know, if things had gone a different way back when Gus was let go, there was a chance that Kevin Steele and Rodney Garner could have um, well, Kevin Steele could have been hired as head Could have coach moved and, up, and Rodney right. could have possibly been in the D.C. DC I would, I would yeah. question how high on the list. I know, I know what you're talking about, John, but I would think that maybe Gus was on very thin ice regardless yeah. of yeah. like whether, whether or not Kevin Steele was, was politicking for the job. Yeah, yeah like I said, uh, <clears throat> from my understanding, Rodney is, uh, like I said, in just, uh, just being a fan, I know Rodney's done really good work on the uh, defensive side of the ball, the recruiting and coaching. So. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't uh, if uh, Freeze uh, was uh, you know wanted him. Uh, I'll be happy to have him. The other thing about that I find interesting, if you think about it now, how much better off Auburn have been if if they went ahead and hired Steele rather than Brian Hartson? I mean, what a difference you would have, you would have the last couple of years could have been. I, yeah. I wonder if it would have been so unpopular in the moment that it would have har- it would have torpedoed the whole thing. I mean, I, I just think it'd be it'd be a great debate if you really look at it. I, I, I don't have any question that those two guys were worth their tail for recruiting, and Auburn's roster at least would have been better than the one that... Oh, I don't think there's any question about that. Um, you yeah, know, yeah, a year I, or so. I, I bet my house on well, that. There's always, <laughs> there's always a multiverse, right, of like what could have <laughs> happened yeah. if Auburn... Because, you know, we, we were talking on the Observer podcast about one that, that I, I wonder about, which is... People forget Jimbo Fisher was a candidate after Auburn and Tommy Tuberville parted ways. He was the head coach in waiting at Florida State, but he was he was considered at Auburn. How different is Auburn football if Jimbo Fisher takes the Auburn job in well, two thousand eight, in two thousand nine, instead yeah. of Gene Chizik? The like, best one is two thousand thirteen, and uh, that came down to Gus, Kirby Smart. Kirby Smart. Yeah, I mean, I well, I'm just <laughs> and I guess you know what, and I I suppose Lane Kiffin would be if you looked at. 2017, 2018, 2019, like who could have been there, you know, the, the multiverse of what happened yeah, to Auburn. Yeah, I, I don't know that Auburn – do you think Auburn offered Lane Kiffin? After 2020? Probably I, not. It was I, his first year at Ole Miss. I don't I, think Auburn has offered Lane Kiffin. No, I guess I guess the question would have been the, the what if there is – and we appreciate the phone call, John. Good stuff. Um, like what if Auburn had – if 2018 was tremendously disappointing for Gus – what if Auburn had let Gus go after 2018, despite the big contract, and gone and gotten Lane Kiffin from Florida Atlantic when he was winning? Then, like, I, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's a, I just, I, there, want, I wonder if Auburn would have offered him then. They, I, I don't think they have. So I wonder if they would have. Well, people, yeah, it's, he's it's not always, everyone's flavor, right? You're, you're right th- about that. There's 31, right about there's that. 31 flavors and, out there. And Auburn, Auburn sure seems to be a uh, a constant uh, a constant topic for Lane, doesn't it? I mean, he's he's he he can't he can't he can't keep from you know what though he knows tweeting about Auburn. He, he knows what gets <laughs> he knows what gets clicks doesn't he that that yeah. thing that thing stays the, the engagement on the Lane Kiffin well, social well media he knows team. he knows that 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 Auburn that Auburn Twitter is going to always oh, yeah. respond that's yeah. just and they had a good I think Auburn Twitter has a good time responding most of them don't you know you take know Auburn, it the have fun with it right Auburn Twitter is not, not serious Auburn Twitter is not the only one who had a good time in Oxford 
th- this week. And yeah, the, the Auburn men's basketball team yeah. had a good time. second half. They had a great, <laughs> great second half. Yeah, we'll talk some basketball when we come back. Love for you to join in, though. Anything on your mind, sports wise, just underway here on the Monday Drive. Do you wake up in the morning? 211390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. 20 minutes after 4 o'clock here on this Monday afternoon. Bill, Dan, Brian, true at the controls and to the drive. Hotline we go. And Terry is up first. Hey, Terry. Bill, Dan, Brian, how y'all doing today? Great. How are you? Fantastic. Um, seems like with the emphasis that Coach Freeze is putting on recruiting Rodney Garner, Rodney Garner would be obvious. Now that that's just my opinion. That don't mean nothing. Um, just just throwing that out there a little bit. I actually played high school football against Rodney Garner. Wow. Yeah. So how did that uh, go he, for we're you? We're the same age. So he, I think he's from Leeds, right? Yes. Yes, that's what I thought. And how how'd that go for you? I mean, taught him a lesson, Terry. Uh, not well. Not <laughs> A broken hand. Wow. <laughs> oh, man. That, that's all I'm going to say. Um, the, the last week, late last week, there was talk of Ryan Grubb, the guy coming over from Washington with Caleb DeWard, Alabama, was being talked about for the CLC Hawks job. I heard nothing else about it. Was something decided over the weekend or something? I had not seen that they have made a hire. You know, the Jeremy Garrett talk was uh, was out there for a few days as well, so – um, I, I don't know, but unless I missed it, I don't think the Seahawks have announced their offensive coordinator yet. I remember those rumors floating around late last week, so I was I was unclear. Yeah, uh, I uh, I at least I I was believing that it's still something that could be in the works. And uh, you know what I'd heard was you know his his wife and his and his uh, kids are still out in Seattle, so mm. that I would think uh, could could be a pretty big factor. Yeah, because if mom ain't happy, knew about it. Yep. Let's be honest. Uh, Brian, I want to ask you a question real quick about the – hard to believe the signing day is this week. Nobody pays attention to it anymore. But should we expect anything at all? Is there I, anything to look forward to at all? I, I don't know of anything. You know, I'm not saying I couldn't be surprised that I don't have secrets. I haven't but, heard of anything. Uh, yeah, I don't know of any anybody that Auburn's looking at in the late period to sign a scholarship to. So, we'll see. I'm used to growing up in house when it was exciting. Now it's just I know. right out dull. I know. <laughs> I really think that, you know, all the talk and all the coaches complaining rightfully about the um, uh, about, you know, everything that's in the month of December talking about moving. I really think they need to move the early sign day to um, uh, end of uh, June, early July. Yep. And that, that moves a big segment. Of do it like do they do summer. with other sports so the kids can go ahead and sign before their senior season. There's yep. also less less uh, appetite than ever in college football to, to, to sign a guy who's going to take a year to develop, right? Because like if, if, if you can't play immediately, there's the concern that after a year you're developing him for somebody else. You could be. And I, so, mean, I mean, we're not, there would there there uh, there'd obviously be exceptions. I mean, someone who you feel like, man, this guy's got a world of potential and he grew up wanting to be here, something like that. Sure, But, but, it, but yeah, it, it would cut back tremendously on the number of project-type signees. And even at the, you know, I heard a group of five coach say in the last couple of weeks uh, talking about football that the kind of kids that can help him right out of high school don't see themselves as group of five players. And so there's a disconnect between sort of where high schoolers who can help at the Sun Belt level or, or the mm-hmm. Conference USA level, where they want to go right out of high school and where they probably should go 
you know, based on like where where there's where there's a market for them, and it's yeah, I mean, it's it's a shame because it does feel like there are fewer spots for kids coming right out of high school at the major conference level than ever before. Because why wouldn't you tra- take a kid who has just has spent a year or two at the power five has level proven, already? Yeah, yeah, has proven something. And Terry, I just just saw on a uh, Seahawks website that the no, they have not filled the offensive coordinator spot, but uh, another name that they're considering is Eric Bieniemy. Who will not? Who will not be retained? Right. King. I think Kingsbury is getting that yes, job. Yes, Cliff in, Kingsbury is in, the in Washington. OC. Yeah. Kind of surprised he's not the head coach. To be honest with you. Appreciate it, guys. You have a good day. All right, Terry. Thanks for the call. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. And TP is next. Hey, good afternoon, guys. Uh, what a basketball game Saturday! What what a way to start out February, heading into March. Yeah, you know, it didn't look great when Auburn was down 13 there in the first half, but uh, I mean, they they just uh, really got aggressive and attacked the rim in the second half. Janai Broom was fabulous. Man, his first and second first and second <laughs> half splits are are amazing. I mean, second half he has been so dominant, and you've got to feel that. Uh, a good uh, that part of that has to do with just Auburn's depth and being able to wear down, you know the the opposition and and the big guys inside. But but yes, I mean Auburn uh, Auburn was just relentless at attacking the goal. They shot over seventy percent inside the three point line there in the second half and just uh, uh you know went it going away. Well, Bill, that's one of my points is that uh, when we talk about that game, we're talking about how dominant Auburn was in the second half. But the reality was that uh, after they got back to within uh, a shot or two of Ole Miss at the beginning of the uh, second half, that was great. But it was still close when we got to, I think, at eight minutes, it was still uh, back and forth the lead. And then I think with six minutes left, uh, Ole Miss, Still had, I mean, they were just one or two uh, uh, shots away from tying it back up. And so when when I've listened to what you know those percentages in the second half, it sounds like uh, they they just wiped them up. But boy, it was still close as we were getting down to five minutes left in the game. And uh, but the funniest part, and the thing I think that we uh, as Auburn fans can really be confident in is uh, the interview that Jalen Williams gave after the, uh, after the game where he said Chad Baker-Mazzara came into the halftime and told the coaches get out and started talking about how they were going to dominate and what we needed to do as a, a team. The funniest thing was Jalen Williams said, hey, when Chad Baker kicked the coaches out and started talking, he said, I had to sit up. He said, I sat up straight and put my chest up and listened him and said that he had uh, I think he said he had good words so I think that's uh, that's something that the team really can hang its hat on is that the uh, locker room is becoming owned by the players and that's a good sign going into uh, March. Yeah, to TP to your point about the game still being close it was a four point game you know under six minutes left yeah. uh, until Auburn sort of pulled away uh, there. Uh, at, Auburn at the was it, it was it, it would go six to three to four to five to it was it was in there where it felt like 
you know, you needed to score every time down. But it was it was trending in the wrong. All the graphs were going down for Auburn at the end of the first half, and, and their oh, ability yeah. to, their ability to turn that around at the half against a program that was giving. I know people that have been going to Ole Miss basketball for a while and said they've never outside of an Egg Bowl, maybe a top Tennessee or Kentucky team, they've never seen it like that in in Oxford before for a home game, and so to to get a team's best shot and hold them off the way Auburn did. It was it was so impressive. And I do wonder if Ole Miss uh I wonder if Ole Miss used so much energy to build that lead and they they just sort of ran out of gas when Auburn surged back. But also you know, I, I think there's yeah, a, I don't know. Like I don't Ole, know. Ole Miss what Ole Miss probably you know, like we were talking about when when you're you're up against a better opponent trying to pull off the upset. Ole Miss needed to be up by more than twelve. Like they, the, the way the first half had gone, they needed to build a larger lead. Oh, it felt like Auburn was down more than nine right. at the half. It, it was thirteen, and Auburn cut it to nine yes. just before the half. That and lead you, you almost felt like, hey, you're in pretty good shape here because you've really weathered this Ole Miss, and you, you know. Yeah, and and if you come scored fifty six points in the second half, yes, yeah. that's, that's pretty impressive. And the way Auburn started the second half was crucial yeah. because if if Ole Miss had been able to rebuild Absolutely. that lead or make it, you know, if that that's why. Oh, Auburn, Auburn scored five, like. Just like that, the it first like, minute. It felt like a tie game. Yep. And the numbers would, would tell you it shouldn't have been a tie game at that point. Well, and uh, Ole Miss in the first half, they were making all of their shots. In the second half, there were a lot of, uh, at least a few layups and things that the ball could have just rolled in. It would have been a tighter game with that. Plus, uh, we were looking at Ole Miss without their, uh, I think it's their star center. Sure. Yep. out for the game, so. Yeah, don't that, think that, that wasn't guy, that didn't have a factor. You're right. Yeah, but anyway, it's looking good that the uh, the personality of the team and also that they're coming together and they're not selfish. No, uh, you're right anyway, about that. Is, I hope it continues into Wednesday. I have a feeling that it will. It is. I was asked this morning. All right, so, so well, actually, it was this afternoon. Uh, that's what I'm talking about, being like Dan. I got to sleep mm-hmm. so late. One o'clock felt like this morning. <laughs> uh, no, uh, but, but yeah, Doug was wondering, will this be the wildest atmosphere? You know what? It's hard to imagine it's going to be much crazier or more electric than some of the atmospheres we've seen in there, but it will be, it will be yeah. as... You know, about as crazy as you can get. If it were a Saturday game, you'd have the be, over, you'd have an overnight camp out, and you'd yes. have that sort of thing. The fact that it's midweek, I don't think it's going to limit at all what happens in the arena. It's it's going to help. It's going to help a lot of folks that that have the higher priced seats. That it's a six o'clock game. You're saying higher priced seats that want to that want to that, that 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 want to be able to be there. Okay, I thought you were suggesting maybe. Well, the ones that would be even higher priced if they didn't want to be there. <laughs> well, Bill, one other thing. Um, I've, I'm experienced at retirement, and if you need a workshop or any <laughs> counseling to transition, I'll be glad to help you out in any way. War Eagle. Appreciate the call, TP. Yeah, we, we, we'll see. I'll try to struggle by on my own <laughs> for a while, but uh, but yet it is a little different. All right, 29 minutes away from 5 o'clock. We'll get to our bottom of the hour break. Love for you to join in here on the Monday Drive.
with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Monday afternoon. And uh, while we were talking with TP, I, I, I see a tweet uh, that says the national, this is from Pete, uh, Pete Nakos, who says major college sports news, the national labor relations board, regional director in region one, which is Boston has issued a decision ruling Dartmouth men's basketball players are employees of Dartmouth. The NLRB is ordering a union election. Yeah. That is that, that could be the end. Yeah. Of of the the NCAA, yeah. But this is system. coming. This oh yeah, you're coming. right. You're yeah, right. This, We've been on the verge. We've been getting closer and closer. And instead of being proactive about it and realizing that they're going to keep losing in court, the NCAA has just completely blown it. Spent millions and billions of dollars to lose court case after court case, and they're going to let other people decide how this whole thing is going to. And, and if you rem- if you if you remember the the, the uh, Northwestern football team tried to unionize about a decade ago in front of the NL- NLRB, and they lost on a technicality. It seemed like the the board was sympathetic to the arguments that Northwestern was putting forth as far as student athletes being employees, but they said it was a jurisdiction issue. Mm-hmm. Like we're not we're a, uh, public schools are one thing, public universities or private universities were a different thing, but they indicated. One day a team would win in front of the NLRB and it would change how uh, student athletes can collectively bargain and most likely it'll change employment status oh, eventually. Yeah, I, I mean, we've been, we've been heading this way for, you know, for quite a while and we'll see. I'm sure there'll be an appeal, but uh, we, we, will, we will see what happens here. Uh, we were just talking during the break. This could really change the, uh, the the way things are done. What did, did uh, Dan? Were, were you asking about endorsements? I suggest. Well, I asked. I raised the question that if in a system where student athletes were considered employees of a university, could the university have a lot more control over what endorsements student athletes could take or uh, or, or 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 could not take? The answer is absolutely, okay. and it's not just coaches that have that. Any employees. Oh, and, and I raised the I'm, question. I'm telling of, you, at, at Auburn University, any employee, I mean, has to get any would have to get anything like that cleared through the university. Yeah, and I and I asked the question with coaches specifically, like, do they have to clear Absolutely any outside outside endorsements with their employer? If so, that could also pave a way for. And that does seem like not that I'm trying to withhold money from anyone, but I does feel like maybe a more fair system would be a system where student athletes are paid by the school. Well, and, and, and that's outs- what the NCAA has proposed, that, that the schools handle the NIL. And, and outside money is very carefully scrutinized, right. especially when it comes to influencing who goes to what school. Right. Then it, it's not so much about, we'll pay you this much to come here. Because, because I'm, and I think you guys, even as people who sort of fondly remember a previous era of college athletics, there's a difference between Caleb Williams or Caitlin Clark or SUNY Lee appearing in a national commercial for Gatorade or Dr. Pepper versus some local businessman telling a high school kid, 
hey, I'll give you $50,000, but you have to pick this school right. on signing day. One of those feels more legitimate than the other, and maybe changing the employment status is a step towards, towards more, more uh, careful structure more, more, more real structure mm-hmm. in, in that in that uh, in the industry. Yeah, we'll we'll talk more about this. We would love your thoughts as well. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. That's the drive hotline presented by Skybar. And Jeff is up next. Hey, Jeff. Hey guys, how you doing today? Doing hey, fine. Hey, Jeff. Good, good. A uh, couple things uh, with respect to the game Saturday night. Uh, you guys hit on it a little earlier. I think that game turned right before the halftime. I was listening to the call by Andy, of course, watching it. And it seemed like Ole Miss was behind. If you look at their faces going into halftime to get that lead under 10, I was watching and saying to myself, if Auburn just stays close, we win this game because Ole Miss couldn't play any better. And to keep that game under 10, it felt like, Actually, Auburn had the lead to me. I don't know how you guys saw it, but I saw a lot of momentum going into halftime. The basketball gods do not like it when you play a lot better than your opponent and the score doesn't reflect it. Right? Often we see in the second half that evens itself out, right? The re- regression regression to the mean or how, however you want to look at it. But, no, I mean, you know what? The same thing happened to Troy uh, on, on Saturday where Troy outplayed their opponent, the opponent in the first right. half. Out, out of the Troy women's basketball team, I was at this game against Southern Miss on Saturday. Southern Miss has two outstanding Sunbelt players. Both of them in foul trouble early, didn't play a lot in the first half. Troy shot the ball really well, only had a 10-point lead at, at, at the half. Needed to be up bigger than that based mm-hmm. on the way the first half had gone. In the second half, things, things trended for the opponent. That's, I mean, that, when, when that happens, you, you can squander a, a lead that's not large enough. And it's oh, got yeah. it's got to be frustrating that. for the players. I mean, to know that man, we're playing great, and you look up at the scoreboard and go, God, "We ought to be up 20, You know? Yeah, because we play lousy. To be honest with you, I say if they just keep this close, I say I believe Ole Miss and the depth is just going to wear them down. And that first three or four minutes, mm-hmm. I text a buddy of mine. I said Ole Miss is in trouble. Sure enough, the, the floodgates opened on them. So. I think the quality of Auburn's depth is going to take them a long way this year, even when they're not playing well. They have enough quality depth to overcome it if they just play defense. Yep, play defense, rebound, key. don't turn the ball over. That's Those are things that two of those three, they you just about can count on them every time out. They're going to play good defense. They're not going to turn the ball over generally very much. If they rebound well, they can win without having to shoot the lights out or even close. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And one last question, guys. With the game coming on Wednesday, why doesn't the SEC, I've noticed the last couple years, both Bama games have been during the week. And I realize you can't schedule everything on the weekend. Why isn't one of those games on a Saturday? I, I it, This would be a great game day game if it was a Saturday. It, it would. You uh, know, my, you know my, my feeling on that, Jeff, is they're figuring this is a way they can have – 
bigger houses during the week and on the weekend. That yeah. on the weekend you're going to get good crowds anyway. So you may put games that aren't maybe aren't quite as attractive as the rivalry games. And mid-week. I do I do wonder if ESPN wants the bigger games midweek or on Saturday because yep. you can get larger TV audiences during the week than you can on Saturday. Generally speaking, people you know, Saturday is often the worst night of the week for television viewing. And so I could think that maybe some of that is ESPN wanting more marquee matchups on on Tuesday and Wednesday. Yes, 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 sure. And one last question, guys, and I'll take it off. With the new kid just signing with Ohio State, Orrard, am I saying that correctly? Uh, uh, yeah, he just committed. Right. He didn't sign, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah committed. I, I'm just trying to see what is the advantage. Is this NIL, I tell you, it has just got the – got this world upside down what is his advantage of committing so far in advance when he knows nil could change at any moment in this next six seven months oh i don't you know, know if it's necessarily an advantage but I, I think you know he went there on a visit and probably got you know was impressed and i'm sure they had a really nice package sure. for him too but i i do think that auburn and alabama especially and other schools are going to be heavily involved with him and I would not be at all surprised if this changes at some point. All right, good. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it, Jeff. 334-321-1390. Who have we got up next? Yellowhammer. Yellowhammer. Hey, Yellowhammer. Hey, afternoon. Well, picking up on the game there with Ole Miss, uh, here was my impression, you know, and this is true probably for every team out there, but Ole Miss wanted to come out and start fast and get control of things and have some momentum and all that kind of stuff. And so they came out with this really high-energy punch. And and then of course as the game went on it sort of withered and withered and then finally they it fell it fell apart and they they lost and I uh, my just I just somehow thought of Aesop's fables and the tortoise and the hare. Yeah, well it wasn't exactly slow and steady for Auburn, <laughs> but, but uh, <laughs> they, they picked up well, time. I would I, I mean, would to a degree. Yeah, I mean, I think the you know slow and well the tortoise, but the tortoise went the same speed the whole race. Right, Yellowhammer and Auburn. Auburn, Auburn picked was, it up in the second yeah, half. Auburn was not yeah. Right. I would compare it to because I recently <laughs> watched over over the weekend. I watched uh, when we were kings again the uh, the documentary about the Ali Foreman fight. And if you remember in that fight, Foreman the rope and rope strategy. Foreman throws so many hard punches. He's infuriated by what Ali has said and done in the build up to the fight and during the fight. And and Foreman exhausts himself in in five rounds, throwing the hardest punches he can. And then Ali yeah. comes back and knocks himself I, I, out. I, do, I like that. And, and I'm glad know, you I, said I, that. I don't know if Auburn. I don't know if Auburn employed the rope a dope in the first half, but they certainly. Oh weathered, no no but no they, But they weathered the storm from Ole Miss, and then when I think Auburn responded, when Auburn got off the ropes and started throwing some punches of their own. Uh, Ole Miss didn't have the energy to to, to really uh, to, to to stop them, especially defensively. Auburn, our, everything. Our tortoise had a second gear. Yes, yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, to, to, the sequel uh, to to uh, two hair to he had a, tortoise. He had a booster. Yeah, a little booster rocket, <laughs> like in the uh, uh, the Roadrunner, uh, the rocket. Yes, the, yeah. ac- the Acme the version. Acme, that's right, the Acme version. But but no, I think you know Ole Miss is, and we appreciate the phone call, Yellowhammer. Good stuff. Yeah, but the. But the the Ole Miss defense in the second half, they, they, they fell apart. 
Like it's so, there were so many Auburn shots that were, and maybe it was Auburn. Auburn, Auburn was able to get by. The, you know, we yes. saw some in the first half, Ole Miss getting by Auburn a little bit, but Auburn got by the Ole Miss defenders and were able to take the ball to the basket with with you know with such success. It was amazing. Now, uh, you know, my wife did wonder. She goes, "Is the rim maybe a little bigger on one end? Because that's the end where Ole Miss shot it really well in the first half." And I went, "I, I don't think so," but uh, but it was funny. It's a I mean, fair question. yeah. Well, I mean, when both teams really seem to shoot well at one end, if it turns out she's right, <laughs> then Ole Miss picked the wrong end to start mm-hmm. on. Or I don't, don't th- just having been to. I want to see basketball where you where you start going. No, no, we're defer. We're going to stay on this so end for the one, second half. One of the one of the sabermetricians out there. Make sure make sure one see if the offense has been way way more efficient all season for Ole Miss. Yeah, at, at one, Oxford on, on one side of the court. How much of a difference would it make if it was just like a centimeter difference? And in, in it would make a tremendous difference. Yeah, a think, tremendous difference yeah. in your in your outside Every shot. One of those the, that would yeah, lip out the, a the ones bit that or, just yeah. you know just rim out. Maybe yeah. they wanted more. Maybe they wanted the offense to be good in front of more. I mean, Freeman. that's why they measure them sometime uh, if they're if they're not perfectly. That's you know, what it is, Bill. Parallel to the ground. They wanted the offense in front of Morgan Freeman to be productive. (laughs) I guess so. That's what they wanted. They wanted Morgan Freeman to get a show, you know, in honor of all the shows that Morgan Freeman has put on in his career. And it was. That's where it was. That's right. It It sure was. was. What, um, What movie do you think of? When I say like, think golly, he's been in like, it seemed like every movie that I turned on prime and you play two. Think of a Morgan Freeman movie off the top of your head and then tell me what movie you thought of. Um, I'm not good with naming. I'm not good at putting it under pressure like this. I'm sorry. Okay, I would think. I mean, uh, Ferguson came up with Shawshank, which I think is yes. a, yeah, is, okay. is a yeah. that's, that's, I would. That's I, a I, he's so good in Unforgiven. He's outstanding in, in the Clint Eastwood Unforgiven. He, he, he's yeah. he's in all three. He is of one the, of the most prolific actors the, the, that there is. I mean, you talk about it's like he's been in hundreds. The, of cri- the Christian Bale Batman films. He's in all three of them uh, as as the technology guy. He's yeah. uh, um, he won the Oscar for Million Dollar Baby, which is a thoroughly depressing yes it really is a thoroughly depressing film yes it is uh but but, a, but he's but he's outstanding in it and uh, and yeah he's a uh, bruce almighty uh, he plays uh, yeah he, he plays god in in bruce almighty uh the, the jim carrey film but no yeah it, outstanding career uh but yeah i, I was uh, i was wondering what, what movie and Jan, and janai broom apparently a fan Right? Well, about- I mean, sure. Well, when you're when your jersey's being tugged from the back, you you obviously are gonna like get, get that away from here. It's like, oh, oh, I didn't know it was you. And then in the press- but it's still not good to grab his jersey. Why? What? Why did he did he did he want did he want to I say? I mean, oh, you didn't see? I oh, yeah. oh, you, you oh, well, you, it's you, it's there. It's everywhere you look. So so, Jan- so Janai is inbounding the ball. Well, Janai saved. He, he yes. like he like saved a pass back. I- and the ball's out of bounds. What's unclear is if Morgan Freeman was trying to get Janai's attention to say something, or or if if Morgan Freeman thought that Janai was going to back into I, him. I think I think that that the the person next to Morgan, uh, it looked like Janai might have been a might might have been about to yes. step back on someone. Yeah. So so a hand came up, but but then as Janai stepped it. away, grabbed the yeah. back of his jersey. And I mean, just the the natural reaction you'd have <laughs> yeah, as a player just swat his hand away. But then he turns and looks and goes, "Oh God, it's Morgan Freeman!" And so he says something quickly. But the next next opportunity, he runs back over to him and shakes his hand. And, and then Janai in the post game press conference uh, said that he was a big movie guy uh, and a big Morgan Freeman fan, and even suggested that he'd watched a Morgan Freeman movie on the plane ride. To Oxford, I do wonder which one uh, Janai was watching. I'm, I would guess one of the Batmans, 
if I had you know if I had to speculate on which which movie Makes I was sense, watching yeah. there, I'm, I'm hoping it was Unforgiven because that, that's a good one too. But uh, but but anyways, the uh, uh, the yeah, and, and so so Janai uh, talked about how yeah now now he's uh, now he's had a couple of conversations, which which is a you know especially. If you're a fan of someone like that, oh, that's very, cool. Very, that's got to be cool. Moment, of course, so. Morgan Morgan Freeman, born in Mississippi and and lives in and and lives in Clarksdale, I believe. And apparently now. not. I mean, he's he's someone who makes the trip for for. He's big there time. in a lot of Ole yeah. Miss, Ole Miss. Well, I mean, the thing is, if you watch if you watch some of the SEC, you know, when when they're doing the the school promos, Morgan Freeman is the voice of the Ole Miss promos on the SEC. You and know, who, and, and and who better than God from Bruce Almighty? Yeah, really. <laughs> March of the Penguins. Of course, you know, talking about his uh, Morgan Freeman's voice, you know, another another uh, another classic. All right, we'll get to our final break of hour number one. Come on in and join us here on the Monday Drive. This is Lee County Revenue Commissioner. Three four three two one one three nine zero. Toll free at eight 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 three eight two seven five zero two, or email the drive at espnau.com. With Mandy Potato. Welcome, welcome back into the drive. No, no, no. Talk about that one because I got a crazy, I got a crazy coincidence that goes with Manny Patinkin. No, well, we were just talking about some things we we're watching. I was mentioning True Detective. It's like uh, it's really out there. I said I like Monsieur Spade, and then Brian was talking about death and, and other details your, your, on, on Hulu. Your Scott, just, your Scott has texted me mentioning a couple other Morgan Freeman movies, including Kiss the Girls. Kiss the yeah. Girls also features. I'm going to spoil Kiss the Girls real quick. Carrie Elwes has a huge role. In Kiss the Girls, mm-hmm. and he is the Dread Pirate Roberts Princess, right, Princess in Princess Bride with Mandy Patinkin. Yes, he is. I was about to text Scott something about Carrie Elwes when you said Mandy Patinkin, uh, and I was like, "That's that's." It uh, all goes back to the Princess Bride. Oh man, and Wendell, uh, Wendell, uh, not Wendell Green. My name. I'm trying to remember his name. What's Inigo, the line? Inigo Montoya. Name, you killed yeah. my father. He's preparing to die, of course. <laughs> Wallace Shawn is the uh, inconceivable guy. He's on Young Sheldon, which is about to come back. Yeah, for its uh, final season, right? Yeah. All right. Uh, we are halfway done here on the Monday Drive. Love for you to join in in hour number two. Stick with us. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome into hour number two of the Monday Drive. Hope everybody doing well. Bill, Dan here for his, uh, he's here for his one time this week. Yeah, just getting got a my, long uh, road trip coming up this week. Getting get my, my, one, uh, my one show in this week, although I will be listening. Uh, but, but it's, uh, yeah, long road trip, Norfolk, Virginia on. Is that uh, Wednesday or Thursday? The game is Wednesday night. Uh, okay. With, with, yeah, with flight tomorrow uh, uh, from, uh, from Montgomery. And then uh, we will arrive in Norfolk tomorrow afternoon, practice tomorrow night at ODU's gym. Uh, Wednesday night is the game. Uh, that, that's, of course, the game uh, last, uh, if you remember, ODU is the team that eliminated Troy from the Sun Belt Conference Tournament back in 2023 using six players on the, right. final, on the final possession 
or one of the final possessions. Of, that's their, of and that's the their game. game plan for tomorrow night, for Wednesday night. They're going to use six the entire game. I mean, it, it could since you know, they're at home. We'll see if it pays off. I would hope the referees get wise to it uh, uh, rapidly if that happens. But yeah, and then, and then uh, Saturday is part of a special Sunbelt Mac challenge that's been going on this year. We get a. A uh, trip to Bowling Green to take on the the Falcons. I, I, I believe that's. Uh, is that what Bowling Green is? I think that's right, Drew. Huh? Bowling Green, the Falcons. You want to? You want to? You want to? Anyone? Uh, Brian, what do you what do you think the Bowling Green mascot is? I think it's the Falcons. I think that's right, isn't it? Okay. Well, I I it just it just didn't just jump out. Hey, there we go. All right. So, yeah, Troy, Troy and Bowling Green, that's uh, that's on Saturday. All right. Uh, meanwhile, Auburn basketball. Can it, Hard to believe this is Janai Broom's first ever SEC Player of the Week award he that he is, just got. He is in the I, – I mean, Dalton Connect would probably be the only player of the year candidate that I would feel much better about. I mean, they, right, better. right right now, I think uh, you, everywhere you look, the top three for player of the year, Dalton Connect, Janai Broom, Mark Sears. So that which which is about right with Mark Sears leading yeah. the team in scoring and and leading the conference in scoring. He's in leading the play. SEC in a lot of the 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 analytics will tell you how Janai is leading in so many categories, Mark Sears is leading in just about every offensive and category. Sears has a tendency to play really well down the stretch yep. and hit some big buckets. Sears also on the team that is in first place in yep. the conference that is right correct. now, which, at which, the moment. which which can help. Yeah, at the, at the moment. I would think that um, Broom, regardless of whether or not he ends up with the kind of season that wins you a conference player of the year award, I would think that he right now he is. Uh, it would be a travesty if he's not first team all conference. I would say defensive player of the year as well. I would say right now, if you if you took the voting today, especially thinking about the blocks number and and the way he's rebounding, I would think that Janai Broom has an excellent conference defensive player of the year uh, candidacy on, on his hands. Speaking of first team all conference, I would also think Alan Flanagan is in the conversation as a guy who's in the top ten in scoring and rebounding uh, for for that respective there team. Bu- there are a bunch of guys. There I are don't a bunch know. of guys. There are um, a bunch of guys. Yeah, and it helps for Zakai so so Ziegler had a pretty good game yep. on, uh, on on Saturday. You're talking about Tennessee. Um, is is anybody is anybody going to notice anybody from South Carolina? My goodness, is that the coach? Is that the, the coach? Lamont Paris, absolutely. He yeah, he should be coach of the year right now. You'd think he would be. Um, South Carolina has been miles better than anybody had any idea heading into this season. That's, I mean, that's one of the most impressive things of the season. I think just well, playing, and they're doing it on the road too. I mean that's what's that's what's just yeah. been uh, amazing uh, about South Carolina. So yeah, fun. I mean, fun season thus far. I mean, we're at the midpoint, midpoint of SEC play. Alabama's eight and one. Auburn and South Carolina are seven and two. How about that. And then Tennessee six and two. They and uh, Vandy have only played eight games. And Kentucky five and four. How about that? Yeah. Kentucky losing two home games. Yeah. This past week, Kentucky has an offense that can overwhelm anyone in college basketball. The problem is, it seems like excellent teams can score on Kentucky. It seems like a, a lot of teams can, and score even on Kentucky. and even teams yes. that are less than excellent can. can I mean, t- yeah, I mean, one hundred and three points. Tennessee had not had a player. I mentioned Zakai Ziegler. Tennessee had not had a player go for twenty five and ten assists in a game in in the this millennium. Like it had been over over twenty five years since that had happened. They go to Rupp Arena. 
and, and do it. They score, I believe it's the most Tennessee had ever scored at Rupp Arena before. So, yeah, it's a, 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 a two-game losing streak for Kentucky, two home losses. Yep. For, you know, I don't know how many times John Calipari has lost both home losses in a week in league play before. But, uh, yeah, a, a surprise. Oh, uh, driving Miss Daisyville. Also a, yeah, a that's, the, that's, that's what came to my mind. That's another, that's another yeah. good one, yeah. Uh, we were talking, yeah, Morgan, we're Freeman talking Morgan Freeman some in first hour. I mean, as we sort of link things back to Janai Broom, who we started talking about. Uh, speaking of Calipari, he skipped out on the post-game radio show right? after their loss to um, Tennessee. So mm. you know, he's, he's mm. gradually losing a lot of uh, Well, there, there have been a lot there. of Kentucky fans that, uh, you know, uh, f- feel like, okay, thanks for what you've done. Uh, mm. they're, they're, not, they're not what they expect year in, year out. Five and four in conference play. Uh, fifteen and six overall. Ole Miss, Florida, also five and four. How about this? He's won a national champion, so this isn't like an exact comparison. Are there Kentucky fans who think that John Calipari is Mark Richt, and if they go get the right Kirby Smart, they can be Georgia? Kentucky fans always feel like that they should be winning championships every three or four years yeah. at least. And, and, and not, I mean, again, Calipari has a more Calipari has had a more successful tenure at Kentucky, right? Than, than Mark Richt had at Georgia, although Mark Richt still had a you know Mark Richt still did very well for himself as the, as the head coach you know. But, but Georgia plus. Georgia fans were right, and I don't know the Kentucky fans. I mean, these days, uh, again, we we talked a little bit about the um, the decision by the NLRB uh, that that uh, uh, ruling that that Dartmouth basketball players are employees. I wonder. I mean, Kentucky is still. A blue blood, no question about it. But is is it that much more of a blue blood that they're going to be able to get the top players in the current climate that we have, where um, oh, gr- my, green my, is green is is more important than the school colors? Well, I, I think that Kentucky is a place that one would think would have the kind of support. Kentucky should have the resources and the kind of support from, from previous Kentucky. Yes. Not about this, previous Kentucky players. Would maybe true. want to help keep that program afloat, not to mention Kentucky alumni who enjoy the basketball team being a superpower. Um, I, you know, is it is there a is there a candidate out there who's like an obvious like, oh man, give him Kentucky instead of yeah, I don't know John Calipari and watch what what they would be able to do. I, I'm sure there is somebody that I'm just not thinking of uh, at at the moment, but uh, but I'm, you know what? If there's a candidate like that, we'll hear more about him as we as we get as, as if, uh, if if Kentucky doesn't uh, get closer to the top of the conference. Well, I, I wonder if they might look might look over at South Carolina. I mean, we we were just talking about Lamont Paris. Um, man, he he's he's uh, he, he's having an unbelievable year at South Carolina. I think Carolina. there are coaches that would take that phone call. Oh, from, you, from, from, you think from Kentucky? I still think it's a place where uh, tra- you know I've I've always liked Travis Ford. He hasn't won a ton at St. Louis, uh, and, and he's a he's a former Kentucky guy himself, right? They, right. Former, oh yeah, guard. He, he's a really good coach. I don't know if that name is like. The, you know the, the the cannonball size splash that you know that would be out there for for Calipari potentially, but yeah, that's a that that is a uh, you know that, that's a, that's a story worth watching. Is uh, can Kentucky turn it around because it's mm-hmm. a it, it's it's a team that re- really impressive offense, but defense that m- might keep them from uh, uh, from contending for this title. Meanwhile, huge ball game Wednesday night. We talked about it a little early, and uh, good luck if you're looking for tickets hmm. or uh, deep pockets if you're looking for tickets. Um, um, Auburn, Alabama for first place in the SEC. Uh, it, it's going to be it's, it's going to be a great atmosphere. Uh, 
That's one where I wish this weren't a six o'clock tip now. I wish this were more a six thirty tip because I'm on the air till six. Oh, that's right. Dan's yeah. gone, so it's like I've got to be here till six o'clock on Wednesday night. So uh, yeah, going to be a little late. At least I won't have to worry about the the traffic coming in, but I'll have to worry about where in the heck am I going to park getting in that late for Wednesday night. We'd love your thoughts on the Wednesday matchup. We talked some in the first hour. Auburn, um, you know, still with an opening on its football coaching staff as defensive line coach Jeremy Garrett heading to uh, Jacksonville, taking a job with the Jaguars and in something that is becoming more and more common. Yeah, that's another uh, thing we should talk about. Yeah, really. I mean, I, I really, I mean, I've had some folks go, well, what's the appeal there? The appeal there is you get to coach and then you get a break. You get a yeah. time to, you get, you have time with your family. Yeah. You have, you know, you're not having to be re-recruiting, retaining your own players or, or recruiting every single day. Right. right. The, the schedule is just so much better for NFL coaches right now. And of course they pay really well too. I mean, they have a whole staff that does the evaluations and the drafting and they got all a that. general manager yeah. that I mean, you're not you're not responsible for your position mm-hmm. players. You know, the the front office does yeah. that and and yeah. and supply and then you have those guys to work with. Yep. On the college level, you, you know do it all. You're yeah, you, your father, you're a recruiter, you're a re recruiter, you're uh everything. Coach, yeah, developer. Yeah, I mean, you gotta do it all. And yeah. it's you barely get any time off just because of the way it's set up now with the schedule. I, honestly, I mean, the only thing that is preventing a lot more college coaches going to the NFL is there aren't, there aren't that many open spots. <laughs> exactly. Because so, anytime there is an opening, you know that there are college coaches that are going, man, what, what a great opportunity that would be for not only to be at the professional level, but I'd have time to spend with my family and there's, or, and, or to have time for myself. And there's clarity with the rules right now, too, yes, which I think is right. something that's scary for not just now but the future of college football, which is something that might make the NFL more attractive to a certain kind of coach. The, the most uh, – uh, we were talking about uh, Jeremy Garrett moving to the NFL, uh, maybe Rodney Garner. You know, I, I, that's, that's one of the rumors out there. Other coaching news of late – Bill O'Brien sounding like he's going to be the, uh, the the head coach in Boston College, according to reports that he, he's the office coordinator at Ohio State, uh, who is a f- former Penn State coach, former Alabama assistant. Uh, but there's a yeah, it's just the the the, uh, the 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 you know it's the, the carousel it's still spinning, right, Bill? Like we're, we still still have some spots open around the uh, you know around the sport and and around the NFL, which which can also you know have a domino effect on. On jobs around the around yeah, people. and and just wait until it, it's crazy. Here we are, Brian. Just just a few years ago, today on this date, we wouldn't have talked about anything but recruiting. Oh, we God, would. It yes. would have been who's going to sign? What are these guys doing? Where was their last visit? What are we thinking? There are hardly any. Um, well, I mean, as far as Auburn's concerned, oh of six, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and this year it's like okay there was one guy and that's Ryan Williams and done. and now he's not even waiting to Friday he's mm-hmm. going to sign with Alabama on Wednesday yeah. uh, and and we don't know of anybody else that that Auburn is is really pursuing yeah and that's just the way it is and um, it's good that Auburn finally has coaches that are taking advantage of that mm-hmm. and you know getting ahead in things and already having you know was it seven or eight commitments I know they lost one seven I think is seven. what they are now. And I think they're going to get a couple more here in the next few days or maybe a week or so. So 
uh, they're already ahead of the curve now as far as um, recruiting the 25 class, which I think is excellent. Uh, hey, let me ask you, uh, speaking all right, yeah, uh, of players, all right, so Auburn, Auburn had a player, yes, decommit, and is headed to uh, Central Florida. Um, what, what did you think of C.J. May decommitting from Notre Dame, the, the Highland, an, another outstanding player from Highland home? Yeah, and uh, definitely a school that Auburn has recruited really well. Of course, uh, Keldrick Falk, uh, Auburn from there. His younger brother is committed to Auburn. I think yeah, he is. Jacob. Jacob yeah, is, and uh, CJ May is a, another talented uh, kid. And it's crazy guy. to crazy to think they've yep. got two of the top edge prospects in the country on the same team at Highland Home. Yep. So I would I would watch Auburn very closely there, and yeah. um, I'm not sure the previous dc who i had a lot of respect for like to have a whole bunch of uh edge guys on his roster for whatever reason but boy i hope the new guy does because i certainly do and as many edge rushers you can have i, I want as many them. guys as can chase yep. that chase after the quarterback and get him yep. as i as i could yeah so i mean that's that's just uh i, I thought that was interesting he's been committed to notre dame for a while yeah. cj may had and uh i think somebody's at the door drew uh so um, we'll, we'll keep an eye on, on that as yeah, Auburn had a big, um, I hope they're a, supposed to be in here. <laughs> well, he looked like he knew where he was going. He's not he coming. Car- he's not coming this way. He was carrying a ladder. Yeah. He figured let him in. Um, but Auburn with a big weekend this, this past weekend before the dead period, um, started last night at midnight. It did. So and basically the whole rest of February is a dead period. So the coaches do get a little time. But of course, you've got winter workouts going on. You got spring practice. Getting ready for spring ball. That's month. right. So it's not like they have a ton of spare time this month. I'm sure they'll get a little time off, but um, still full speed ahead. But yeah, they had a really nice uh, junior day Saturday. A bunch of good pro- prospects in. Alvin Henderson, the running back, was one of them. I, I w- would watch him closely uh, coming up. And Tavares um, Dice, Dice, uh, the big tackle from uh, over there in Georgia. Langston Hughes is another one I keep a close eye on. But there were a bunch of other. Well, uh, top 25 and 26 gets here, too. Uh, do, do you feel like Auburn uh, is in good position with Keldrick Fox, uh, little brother? He, He's already committed. Is right? he committed? Yes, he's, he's committed. He, he, and, yeah. and there's, there's talk. Uh, there's other, other schools are yeah. desperately trying That's, to get him yeah. to come. Yeah. I think he That's said he's going to take a couple of other visits. Yeah, I mean, a lot of them are. You look at, uh, is it Malik Autry from over there at Opelika? Yeah, Opelika. He's visited everywhere. He just keeps on visiting, but, you know, he's still committed to Auburn. It seems pretty firm. He's going to be a great player. I've seen some people on social media sort of worried about uh, uh, what's what's uh, Fox uh, for Caleb Caleb Fox. Yeah, yeah. But but he is he's an exciting uh, an exciting player. And Auburn has a you know Auburn has a guy who was a top one hundred player uh, from Highland Home already on the roster who knows yep. knows Caleb pretty well, yeah. older brother. Yeah. And and yeah, they might. Well, the uh, same people that are worried about that are worried about him transferring too. That's true. Good point. <laughs> and you know what? And that and that brings me to a Gotta question. Keep recruiting, Brian. Yeah. I, I would I would think that. The, the front seven, although Auburn does bring back uh, a lot of snaps and inside linebacker, but the, you know, the the front seven and especially the defensive line could be a spot where there's going to be a ton of scrutiny this spring to see if Auburn needs to go shopping and, and try to add even more in, in, the, in the portal window that opens up in May because you're losing Marcus Harris and... Uh, and, and Justin Rogers And Kite and uh, Lawrence Johnson... 
Unless it's somebody else. I think there's another backup maybe. And then uh, you, you lost, lost like Sledge and uh, you lost two of the young, young guys. guys. Wilkie, yeah. Wilkie Denard didn't play, yeah. but but he right. was he was part of the future potentially. Yeah, I, I, I think I think Auburn I think Auburn needs a couple of more guys yeah. regardless of what I mean, happens this spring. And they're bringing in what Gage Keys and, and there's someone yeah. else who's, uh, who's added the trail. Trail uh, Carter. Carter. Yep. Feels like yep. this is a you know you look at, at guys who could have a different role this spring than the one they had most of last season. I would think opportunities have opened up on the defensive line for whether it's incoming freshmen or it's like Evius Walker playing another season of college football. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, you, you've got Jason Jones who could be leaned on even more heavily than he was last year because you know, maybe there's, I, mean, I don't know that that's, that's a spot to me. And we're talking about, you know, Auburn doesn't even have a defensive line coach right, right, right. now. You know, they're going to have to fill that too, but it's a really, uh, that, that's, that is a spot where, uh, I do wonder how much uh, turnover there could be between now and the start of the season. Oh, I think I think Auburn could use another transfer there if they can find a good one. I mean, mm-hmm. the positive thing there is they got the two transfers already in, Trill Carter and Gage Keys. I think Trill is going to compete right away at, at uh, nose, nose guard. Yeah, but he's not a he's not a six five big you know one of those guys. He's more of a small quick guy, which might might be a good balance out to Jason Jones, right? Uh, provide a little bit more pass rush. And then Gage Keys, I think, is a guy that will play defensive tackle, uh, maybe compete for a starting job. Um, the positive is you got all three freshmen in, uh, T.J. Lindsey, Amaris Williams, and um, – Malik. Yeah. Uh, Blockton. Yeah, Blockton. Uh, so that, that's good. And I think they're all three probably play. Uh, but, you know, that defensive tackle position is wide open. You know, um, can uh, – Dikevious Walker step up and and be know, an every down kind of guy. We'll see. Can Darren Reed, a really talented right. redshirt guy, step up and maybe make a big move there? So and I a guy, you know, I, and we've we've potential. talked about we've talked about Bobby Travis too, right? Who's right. Uh, who's somebody that that would be? I mean, he was a late arrival, very highly regarded junior college talent, late arrival that that was probably not able to play this year. Uh, I, I know there was there was a there's a large the learn you know you you mentioned the the learning curve for a junior college player. Then arrives late, like that. That is a, that's a tough thing to overcome. If if conditioning is part of it too, right? And like, I think it was part of it for yeah, him. Yeah. Then a, f- a full season, a, f- a full season of, of adjusting to D one. You know, th- this is a big spring for Bobby Jamison Travis to argue that he's in this rotation of guys that couldn't be relied on for snaps on the defensive line. And yeah. and that's another reason. Uh, I know we're I know we're running late, but that's another reason why uh, it it wouldn't be a bad idea uh, to, to have a defensive line coach in place <coughs> here in the next week or so too, too sweet will. yeah all right we'll get to our first break of hour number two love for you to join in you can do so by calling the drive hotline presented by sky bar 334-321-1390 oh you can also text the show 334-564-1840 on the drive text box presented by our friends at southeastern industrial contractors also want to mention because there's been a lot of movie talk on the show very sad uh carl weathers very, very yeah. the passing yep. of Carl Weathers, Apollo Creed. The, you know, and and for all the still look, Stallone's great in the Rocky movies. Apollo Creed is the star of the first three. Like he is, he is the the heart and soul of those first three movies. And uh, Predator, pretty great too. Arrested Development. Yep, former NFL defensive uh, back. An outstanding career and a guy who brought uh, you know you knew you knew it was going to get good when you saw mm-hmm. uh, Apollo Creed uh, when you saw Carl Weathers on the screen. All right, we need to get to our first break of hour number two. Don't forget the second hour of the show brought to you as always. By the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. Right back with your phone calls here on the Monday Drive. 
standing, stretching, walking. The simple moves. ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. 26 minutes after 5 o'clock here on this Monday afternoon. Bill, Dan, and Brian. And let's get back to the phones. And John is up next. Hey, John. Hey, guys. Enjoying the show. Uh, I actually went to Oxford on Saturday. Uh, that's a really nice uh, arena. Mm-hmm. They've got a really good coach. I could see Ole Miss being a real power in basketball. Um, I think they have a lot of the similarities Auburn may have had when they got Pearl. Um, but great turnout by Auburn, by the Auburn people, too. A lot of Auburn fans there. I think you could hear them a little bit at the end of the game. But um, – one other thought, too. I hope we have a lot of drunk and rowdy Auburn students Wednesday night in Neville Arena. They need to be loud. Uh, question for Brian, and he may have covered this. Prospects, uh, who, who do we think is for his prospects for uh, defensive line coach but besides, I guess, Rodney Garner's obvious? That's really all I got. Appreciate it, guys. Yeah, the only other guy I know is Kyle Pope uh, from Georgia Tech. Uh, coached with you at Liberty a few years ago, I think it was. Um, yeah, 2019, I believe. He was a linebackers coach. At Liberty, but uh, one of those young up and comers, um, a lot of energy, enthusiasm type coach. You know, where Rodney is this proven veteran, who of course has experience, played at Auburn, coached at Auburn, coached all over the SEC, and has had tremendous success. So, I don't know exactly how it's going to go down, but my um, initial um, intel thoughts were that it was going to be Rodney. Now, another name, and somebody just mentioned this because he does. Um, have prior relationship with with Hugh Freeze. This would be a a really wild pull. Trey Scott, the Georgia defensive line coach, was with Hugh at Arkansas State and Ole Miss. Okay. Uh, before he went to uh, UT Martin in North Carolina, he's been at Georgia for the last six or seven years. So I'd say Probably might be tough, be tough to get yeah. him. But there's somebody that that does have a uh, you know a, a Passed with Hugh Freeze. There you go. And and Hugh has surrounded himself um, this second go around, the second year with with more coaches mm-hmm. that he's familiar with. Right. Appreciate the call, John. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. That's the drive hotline presented by Skybar. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there are other names. We talked about it the other day a little bit, Brian. I mean, every every coach has to have a list. Because you don't ever know when one of your assistants is going to get an opportunity or, you know, I mean, whatever. Things happen where you either make a change or uh, the, the, uh, your, your assistants, um, you know, move for whatever reason. You've got to have some guys right there on that, uh, on that list that you can go after. And I'm sure oh, yeah. they're more, I'm sure they're, they're more than a couple on, on Hugh Freeze's list. I mean, the days of, you know, Tupperville basically having his whole – group of assistants. Yeah, we talked to Don about here, that. That's almost. unbelievable. Yeah. No, that just doesn't cycling happen. through the coordinators, but but you know, Don Dunn, Terry Price, um I mean Eddie uh, Grant. Eddie I mean Graham, just you just go on. I mean uh, you know. Yep. yep. So I mean they just those days are over. You know, it's it's a pretty fast turnaround, I think, for most college coaches, especially now with what's what's going on with their schedule and, and the way it's sort of put together where they just hardly get any time off at all. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I, I just think this is something you've got to be more prepared for. You wonder if it's also something that favors younger guys and guys that just because of the, just yeah. the amount of. I mean, the, 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 the demands on them just every day, yeah. every day, as many hours as they can every day. Maybe, yeah, guys, guys without families, you know what I mean? Stuff like right. that where it's got to be tougher right. to. Uh, and, that, and that's maybe one of the things people are talking about, a, a talent drain to the NFL. You, there's, there's more structure. There's more rules clarity. Yep. And there's an off season. In, in the Absolutely, NFL. and Jeremy Garrett had, you know, he'd been in the NFL for a couple of years with the Browns before uh, he, he went to Liberty with Hugh Freeze and then came to Auburn. Who just lost their coordinator to the, the Bucks? Kentucky. Yes, yeah, Liam uh, sure did. Uh, Cohen. Yeah, offense coordinator Kentucky. Well, you, you, you losing head coaches in college to take in coordinator or, or assistant coach positions That's in right. the NFL now. There was there was a rumor, and I think it's quieted down now that Cliff Kingsbury has gotten uh, the job. But there was a rumor that Dan Quinn was interested in Chip Kelly as an offensive coordinator for the Washington hmm. Commanders. Decided to go with with Cliff Kingsbury instead. But I mean, again, and we see where seeing where the NFL is going, you would understand why especially a defensive minded head coach would say get me a get me a college head coach with a track record as a quarterback whisperer and a spread offense guru and let him run the show on that side of the ball kingsbury is one option in that regard he has a lot of that, that same lineage i mean if if um I mean, there, there, there are other names that and Liam Cohen is, is someone who, who sort of fits that that mold as well. And you can see why someone maybe uh, kicked the tires on, uh, on on somebody like Chip Kelly. Yeah. And we talked about it in the first hour. I mean, and just not having all the demands that that are that there are for uh, for college coaches right now. Now, um, it I'm really, really interested to see what happens next with this uh, decision uh, up in Boston that Dartmouth basketball players are employees of the university. That is, I mean, I, I think that is the next step toward there being some at least structure, standardization of, um, of, of what's going on at the collegiate level. Do we, do we know, like, we, I don't even think we can, I, I mean, we, we can speculate, but the next steps if, if there's a ruling, you know as there'll be as... an appeal. I mean, there's got to. I'm, I'm sure there'll yeah. be an appeal, uh, but if that appeal is, you know, not granted, then then there's nothing preventing that from being the case everywhere for for student athletes to be. And then you sort of employees, to, and then you have to tear the rules about compensation. Up, Absolutely, right? you do. And and then and, and I've always wondered what happens to what happens to athletes of yesteryear who. If 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 student athletes are employees, I don't know that you can do anything retroactively. They would, they would there would need to be something ruled on about that too. Yeah, because if student athletes if student athletes are employees, then there are a whole bunch of people saying, well, what about the wages? Yeah, but I know I I know people who weren't can who weren't treated as employees <laughs> who actually were employees, and it's just that's a shame after the fact. No, I, I would I would imagine that rather than bankrupting all of college athletics, that would probably end up being the ruling would be something along the lines of, uh, you know that that you know what a shame. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, there's there's I mean at a, least a, again, at least a lack of clarity, right? Yeah, as far as I was going to say, at least student rules. athletes are covered insurance, you know, covered for their injuries while they're. At school, and considering the unhappiness with the growing power of NIL collectives around mm -hmm. the sport, I do wonder if the idea of student athletes being employees. Hey, the NCAA may just go. Whew, 
Thank goodness. You know, is it, you know we don't have to worry about this well, crap with Tennessee is, and Virginia is it, suing is it less, us. And, is it less? Uh, is is it is it is the thought of making student athletes employees more palatable or more popular to the NCAA than it used to be? Oh, I think now no question. Got, now, now they've gotten a taste of what the other side looks like. What do you think, Brian? I mean, well, wouldn't, wouldn't I, you think the NCAA would would actually be very happy with this? With a decision like this, I don't know. They're so stupid, and they—I mean, it's just—I mean, they really are. But I, I think the other thing we got to look answer, at is—is is the SEC and Big Ten just this week announced, or, or last, in the last week announced, they're that they setting were, up an advisory right. group. So I think where this is going is the Power Four or whatever. Right now, it's a be. Power Two. Right. Um, breaking away in some form or fashion, whether it's another division within the NCAA or whether it's separate from the NCAA. I just think that's coming too. We'll get to our bottom of the hour break. Love your thoughts on any of these topics as we head into the final 25 minutes here on the Monday Drive. Live with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Hungry. Yeah. Welcome back into the drive. Final 20 minutes or so here on this Monday. Bill, Dan, and Brian. Super Bowl coming up on uh, on yes. Sunday. That's right. It's like uh, so. What do you think? Ta- Taylor got her stuff last night. Will uh, Travis did you watch, get here? Did you watch any of the Grammys? Yeah, yeah. How about? I mean, I watch. Hey? I watched it live for an hour. That was a good um, show. Who do you think is the big like? Okay, so the big store. One of the big stories is that a song has rocketed to the top of the of the Apple charts in the aftermath of the Grammys. What do you think it is? Oh, I already know this. Um, a song that hadn't been mm-hmm. there. It, it was performed live at the Grammys, and now it's the number one thing on like uh, a lot of the charts. I would guess Billy Joel then. Nope. Close. Nope, nope. Tracy Chapman. Tracy and Luke. That was great. But it's the original, it's the Tracy the original version. Fast Car? Has found its way, I believe it's now like surpassed its original peak oh, in, okay. in different charts and things. Well, that's because people hadn't, hadn't, Heard that, and she was and she was outstanding. She was really good. She was as as always. I thought I thought it was uh, I thought it was pretty good. It was better than I better I thought than uh, some of the last few years. And I'll tell you, it's it's tough. It's tough not to be moved by the Joni Mitchell thing. Oh yeah, she that was that's as good as a. I mean, considering you know she's she's uh, she has not she's she's had some really really tough times, and she has not performed live uh, very often lately. I think that, that that's the sort of thing that. Sets the Grammys. I, I, th- I thought the, I thought the whole thing and, was, was was pretty well done. I thought I thought Trevor Noah was uh, phenomenal. He, yeah, he is. And, and <laughs> I mean, just just the the ability. I'm sure you know he had a lot of things in mind, but not, be able not to just spout easy, them off and point out and and not, not an easy top. That's, that's not an easy room. No, to, to, no, to you're not either. kidding. We, we've seen we've seen other celebrities try and. Uh, it hasn't gone over well in in a in a, in a crowd like that uh, lately. So yeah, I, 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 thought, thought, I, thought, was, I thought I thought Molly's performance was 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 pretty cool. Be able to throw in, I just won my first Grammy while she's singing. I thought it was a I thought it was a very yeah I thought it was a very cool show. Yeah, I mean, so we watched the first hour live. Then I had a couple of other things I wanted to catch up, knowing I could come back and skip through, you know, and 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 catch everything live. So no, it was it was good. So so the so the Super Bowl coming up this Sunday, yep. uh, Brian. What are you thinking? Um, I'm taking the Swifties. You going with the Chiefs? I think so too. <clears throat> tough, tough to uh, 
to pick against them. The quarterback position seems like it's a big advantage. For quarterback them. and Experience. and that head coach has uh, yeah. won a little bit too. So yeah. yeah, I think between Pat, Andy, Travis, and company, and the yeah. ni- the Niners have gotten close <laughs> under Kyle Shanahan. What the fourth fourth time they've made yep. it to at least the conference championship game in the uh, in, in the time uh, since uh, since Shanahan took over. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's it's. Uh, it does seem like it's just tougher and tougher to pick. As someone who remembers the entirety of the Brady era, like it's it's tough to pick against a quarterback when when he's uh, when when he performs like this in big games. Right. And Mahomes is, I mean, as, and and Purdy was great in the game against Detroit. Yes, he was. But it's it's so tough to pick against Mahomes. Now at the same time, uh, you know, Mahomes faced Tom Brady. In that Super Bowl a couple years ago, and there just wasn't enough around Mahomes compared to what the Tampa yeah. Bay Bucks had. Maybe San Francisco can do that. Maybe they can rattle his cage. Maybe they can do enough offensively. But but yeah, I feel like uh, I mean, it's, just, it's tough to pick. I'm, yeah, I'm, I feel like KC's messed up their receiver position. I just don't think it's as good as it needs to be for a quarterback of his caliber. So that that could be an issue. Yeah, I, I mean, it, this this should be a really really good ball game. I'm well, seeing hoping teams, that it is. You're seeing teams build around young quarterbacks in part because once you have to start paying your quarterback like he's a superstar, it really limits what you can right. put around him. That I mean, the San Francisco having not just not just having Brock Purdy, but having Brock Purdy on the contract he's on as the last pick in the draft. A couple of years ago, like that is enormous because it's allowed them to yeah. make the McCaffrey trade and sign some of these guys to put around Brock Purdy. That could change when it's time to give Brock Purdy uh, his his superstar contract. But for now, mm-hmm. it's a it's it, it's a great system. Hey, want to want to let you know uh, is uh, Jumping Jack Hudden the man after after Dan Peck's heart? I mean. He's got a broadcast here in like 15 minutes. Oh, wow. How he about was just, that, He Jack? was just get, grabbing the equipment, headed over. Now, he as, has, now, here's the thing. He has a real job and, and has to and does this afterwards. So yeah. it's not – But, but the, Auburn High, the Auburn High girls are playing for the area title tonight uh, at Auburn High as they host Central. So that's coming up on W. Lee in about uh, – 18 minutes. I'm usually, I'm usually very early to my Troy broadcasts. Oh, it's, is that right? Yeah, That's it's, hard to it's, believe. It's just, you know, That's almost well, impossible why. to I believe. Because I have to leave so early anyway. You know what I mean? I clear the schedule. I got like 90 minutes of I would, driving I would to think do. You, I would think you'd time it. Hour plus. Hour plus wow. always. Oh, man. That Who was this well, that is the exception. Yeah. That is absolutely. Well, and, I, and I like to walk around the floor and feel like a big wig and talk to the other team's <laughs> coach. And you know, you know, there, there's a, you know, there, there's some, there's some gas bagging that I that I get to do before the uh, before the game. So. Oh man! All right, let's get back to the drive hotline presented by Skybar. Inspector is up next. Hey, Specter. Hey guys. Hey, Specter. Dan. How you doing, Dan? Doing all right. Good to hear from you. Yeah. Well, uh, did you watch the uh, Coliseum race? You know, I saw it. So, so what's because of the weather? Did they move it up a day? Is that is that what? Yeah, they 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 moved it to Saturday because of the monsoons coming in. It's, it's that time of year for them out there. Yeah, but, you yeah, know, pineapple, on, pineapple Express, the uh, atmospheric yeah. river uh, fl- flooding the uh, city right now. That's right. Anyway, um, your guy finished, I think, eighth. My guy finished fifth. And is and Daytona's uh, Daytona's the Sunday after the Super Bowl, right? So it's the, the yeah. following now the following this, Sunday. Yeah, this Thursday, this Thursday is, is the Daytona qualifying for the positions. The clash on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Can't yeah, you know? Okay. Honestly, Spider, I'm going to be real with you. Between between my my work with Troy and then the Auburn Ole Miss game, I did not I did not catch very much of the of, of the well, race brings, on on Saturday night. That brings me to my next question: What happened to your replacement, Darius Lee? 
heard oh. anything about it. Oh, Barrett? He was coming back Friday. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, he, was. I, he, he texted Friday during the day, and he said something came up. There was a family situation that came up. He apologized and said uh, he hated to do it on the first day that he was coming back. But we, we he'll be have, he'll yeah. be on Friday. Yeah, I, I did not I did not hear the Barrett segment, and apparently that's because there was that's no, right. There was yeah. no Barrett segment. We're I gonna, mentioned it early. I may not have. I probably didn't mention it enough during the show. We'll have him back on because he's going to be on in the first hour. He'll be on around four fifteen. Well, you live for another day. Hopefully. <laughs> Yeah, that's all I got for you. Appreciate it, Spectre. 334-321-1390. Yeah, no, no, good 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 to uh, good to hear from you. Do you want to take a break? Uh yeah, well we're we yeah, we might as well. We're coming up on the uh uh the five forty five mark, so we'll do that. Still plenty of time for you to join in here on the Monday drive. It's time to stop dealing with 